Welcome back to the program. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy God, thank you and praise you for loving us and taking care of us, for blessing us. Lord, I ask that you would um, give us grace today. Give us grace to know your will and to do it. Give us the grace to honor you first in our lives. Lord, help us to realize the shortness of our life. Help us to realize your greatness. Lord, help us to uh, not settle for less. Really, Lord, help us not settle for less. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to talk about St. Gemma Galgani. I'm going to mention Trent Horn and um, Dr. Ray Garendi. I'm going to talk about the Byzantine Sung Liturgy, the Divine Liturgy. I'm going to talk about Father Lewis and a dinner at our house on Sunday night. I'm going to talk about a prayer meeting, and I'm going to talk about a teaching series that's happening beginning next Monday. I'm going to talk about a plane ride coming back from uh, Palm Springs and intercessory prayer. I'm going to talk about the fundraising gala of healing the culture on Saturday night and other things. <laughs> if I can get through all of that, I've got a well, let's see, I've got three, four, five, uh, I'm not even going to say. I've got other stuff to talk about as well. All right, so where do I begin? Well, I mentioned St. Gemma Galgani. I'll mention her first. I'm holding in my hand now. I just had a digital copy before. The Diary of St. Gemma. And it's uh, published by Sophia Institute Press. I'm still waiting to reschedule the interview, but I don't know, there's something about this saint of God, that God is connecting me to her life. And it's something I, I'm just going to say to you, that when God connects a saint to your life, you can know it. You can experience the reality that God, in, in, the, in his wisdom, in his providential care of your life, will connect you to a saint. And you'll get this sense. You'll, you can come to have a, a knowing, a type of knowing, that that saint is, has, a, has a divine stewardship, a divinely assigned stewardship to be praying for you, interceding for you, watching over you. And uh, I just, I have this smile on my face. I have this sense of knowing that I don't know why it, why the Lord waited until I was 57 years old, but St. Gemma is now in my daily prayers uh, asking for her intercession. She's showing up in the list of saints that we call upon, that I call upon when I'm uh, praying my rosary. So uh, I'm looking forward to the interview. It'll be, very, it'll be interesting when, um, hopefully it can be soon, when I can get back on to talk about the diary of St. Gemma. And, I, and you know, I got this sneaky suspicion that I'm supposed to read the diary again, and maybe a couple more times, that there's, there's a lot more to mine, to dig, you know, to, to mine, to explore, to draw out that the Lord wants me to get from this diary that I was able to get the first time. So um, I'm just kind of giving you, I'm not even giving you the whole story, but I'm giving you enough, hopefully, to give you a sense of saying, don't be surprised 
But in fact, be on the lookout for a saint that the Lord would connect to your life. Be on the lookout. And it can come through, like, for instance, this came through a book that was published, and I got uh, got the opportunity to interview. Now, I, I have a chance to talk about saints quite a bit on my program, and uh, but I don't always have that same sense. It's not the same. So it could be the feast day, like St. Padre Pio has re-emerged in my family's life, re-emerged in my family's life as a um, as a holy intercessor and someone who has the affection of the Currens. The Currens have this affection. Last Friday on his feast day, the kids were sharing texts in our little group text chat. Uh, who who went to mass that day? Uh, my daughter at Franciscan. Uh, Mary Catherine went to Mass and Confession. You know, that's a, it's a Franciscan university, right? St. Padre Pio was a Capuchin Franciscan. And so that has a special place in the hearts of, obviously, the folks at Franciscan. And St. Francis, as you know, was the first recorded saint with the stigmata. St. Padre Pio was the first priest recorded with the stigmata. I think you probably know that um, St. Francis of Assisi was, was not a priest. He was ultimately ordained a deacon, but he did not feel worthy to be called to, to the ordination as, as a priest. And so uh, my daughter went to confession to this priest who has a reputation at, uh, at Franciscan of being extremely holy, even having these mystical phenomena associated with him, like levitation, during Mass, he, on more than one occasion, has been caught levitating. <laughs> I just love that. I just think that is so awesome that these uh, that the Lord draws his his beloved, his beloved souls to him in such a concentrated way that they're literally pulled up off this earth, pulled up. Like that sense of being spiritually elevated takes on a, a, a physical manifestation. Well, she had a profound confession, just profound. And she said the way the priest spoke to her just made her feel so loved by God and convicted, convinced of God's love and convicted of her sin, but in, in, a, in a way that was um, like encompassed by mercy, by the merciful, steadfast love of the Father. And she was so excited. I'd never... I shouldn't say never, but boy, she was so excited to talk about her confession because of the holy priest that had heard it. So, um, you know, if 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 this is all like unfamiliar to you, or if this sounds kind of strange, um, pray about it. Ask the Lord. Say, Lord, Tom's talking about patron saints, talking about saints somehow getting connected to lives. Lord, do you have a saint for me? Lord, is there a saint? Which is the saint for me? Which saints are you wanting me to realize that you have uh, this will, this plan to associate me to that to them and them to me? Lord, who is it? And let, let surprise me, surprise me, Lord, with who it is and and how it is that that saint comes to me, so that I'll know that this isn't just a coincidence. It's not just wishful thinking. It's not just. Uh, a, oh, I've got to figure this out. No, Lord, just help me to help me to come into contact with that saint and help it to happen in a way 
that I'll know, that I'll know that, yes, there's that prompting on the inside, that inner little impulse, that little prompt, that little push that says, yes, that sense of lightness, that that's God, it's not me. That's God, it's not just, uh, it's not lunch. <laughs> so, so there you go. There you go. I, I'm thrilled to share that. I, I love I love that idea. I don't know how often you would be told that idea as part of your own life as a Catholic Christian disciple of Jesus, that the saints of heaven are this cloud of witnesses and they love you. And this great cloud of witnesses are cheering you on because you are the one, you and I are the ones that are on stage in this moment of human history. It's such a brief moment, brothers and sisters. It is such a brief moment that we get to be on stage in human history. And you can think about all of the saints that have gone before us. They have gone before us. They're gone. They're now in heaven. But heaven is not, is not disconnected from earth. Even though heaven is invisible to us, we are visible to heaven. We live our lives in conspectu dei, in the sight of God. And as these great souls, these saints of God, including our loved ones who have gone before us in faith that now share any eternal glory, they gaze upon the Father in the Word. They gaze upon the Word, and he who sees me sees the Father, says Jesus. So they gaze upon the Word, and in the Word they see all that the Word has created, the world. So that means they see you in God. So they don't have to turn away from God to see you. They see you in God. And it's this beautiful, beautiful insight. Aquinas talks about it, but not only Aquinas, it's all the way in the Catechism of the Catholic Church that these saints who have gone before us, our loved ones, see us. They, they constantly gaze upon God, but they are constantly caring for those whom they've left behind on earth. And so take great solace, comfort, consolation in that, and take great encouragement in that, that heaven sees you're not alone, and you're loved. You're loved by the Lord. And these great saints can be beautiful little signs of how much the Lord cares for you and loves you. The infinite, eternal God has these beautiful saints, as well as his holy angels, to watch over you, to to bless you. But that also means that it's not just a gift that God's going to give us. It also means a determined effort on our part. Right? This is, again, the, our tradition. Prayer is both a gift and it requires a determined effort. Prayer is a battle. It's that section of the Catechism that talks about that, the battle of prayer. The prayer is a gift and it requires a determined effort, a determined effort, a serious effort. Like this, you got to put, put some energy into this. So I think about that when it comes to intercession. So, for instance, on my plane ride back from Palm Springs, one of my customs is that I pray intently, fervently, consistently for safe plane rides. Now, I know logically, statistically, the most dangerous part of my, uh, my travels is the trip to and from the airport. <laughs> it's, it's true, right? I'm in much more danger in the Uber or the taxi ride from the hotel to the airport than I am uh, get on the airplane um, going from place to place. But it still doesn't feel that way. And so I 
am someone who, um, when I approach a, a, a plane ride, I pray. I'll pray a rosary. I'll pray deliverance prayers for protection and blessing over the flight. Um, and it just so happened on the plane ride uh, from, let's see, it was from Palm Springs to Salt Lake City. So it was the first leg of my trip back. Uh, the person I was assigned to sit next to, um, I knew that she was a person of faith because the people, one of the people in the seat in front of us sneezed and she said, God bless you. And I'm like, hmm, this is before we took off. And then before we took off, she bowed her head, folded her hands for a bit. And I wasn't like kind of staring at her, but you could kind of tell that she had stopped move, moving. And, um, and sure enough, when she was done being still like that, she blessed herself. I'm like, oh, she's Catholic. <laughs> and I, without drawing attention to myself, took out my rosary with the glowing Jesus head. It does not have a glowing Jesus head. Uh, I took out my rosary and just, you know, in, in quiet, in, in, in a discreet way, prayed a rosary before the flight. And um, when I was done with my prayers, you know, praying for God's blessings on the plane and upon the people and upon the, the air that, that we would travel and, and, you know, very specific kind of sets of prayers, um, just engaged with her very briefly and just said, I saw that you prayed before. She said, I saw your rosary. <laughs> and so just real briefly, just mentioned and talked a little bit about our Catholic faith. And, and then we stopped talking and we just went our way. I didn't feel like I needed to, to go any further, but I just thought it was neat to be able to call out in a positive way the fact that we were calling. Oh, I remember what she said. She said, the the one thing that she said that really jumped out at me was that, you know, when I, I always make it a point to pray, to give the trip over to the Lord, and then I'm fine knowing that I'm in his hands and that it's all taken care of. And I don't even feel anything after that because I know that I've entrusted myself to God. And I thought that was very beautiful. Um, and when I, so when I talk about this idea of making a determined effort, sometimes that determined effort is involving intercession. It's involving acts of faith, acts of entrustment. It involves more than once. It's the continual persevering in the act of praying for a particular intention, praying for others, making acts of faith or acts of humility or acts of hope. Uh, it's not just one and done. All right, back in a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. You know, God loves you guys. <laughs> I gotta tell you, God loves you guys. I, you have no idea what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is 
during that break, uh, I'm, I'm recording this on Monday night. Okay. During that break, my son, John Mark came in and said, dad, do you want to pray a rosary? And it was our, basically our family rosary time. Now it was a little bit later than usual. So it's just going to be John Mark and me. And, um, uh, I said, oh, I still, have, I've got to finish my radio program. He said, oh, that's fine. I'll pray it by myself. And he left. And, and I thought to myself, wait a minute, I'm going to be finishing the radio program and then praying a rosary. Why don't I stop, pray the rosary and then finish my radio program? I'm like, I'm sure it'll be a greater blessing. How could it not be a greater blessing to you folks that are listening if I like stop talking, take more time to immerse myself into God in prayer and then come back? And and what was so funny was I didn't even <laughs> it didn't even dawn on me when I said, No, no, that's fine. I gotta he said, That's fine, I'll do it. I'm like, wait a minute, I just was saying you gotta make a determined effort to pray. You have, you have to make a serious effort to pray. It's not just God's grace. It's also a serious effort. And, and sometimes that serious effort is when it's inconvenient, when it's not uh, easy, when it is, it's a burden. It's its like a distraction. And, and, and I'm like, wait a minute, what am I thinking? What am I doing? And so I say, hey, John Mark, I'll pray. So I paused the, the program, went off, Prayed a rosary. And as I started praying the rosary, I felt this stirring to be praying for you guys. I And I just had to smile. I just had to smile. I'm like, wow, the Lord really loves these folks that are listening to the program. He really loves you. He wants you to know that. And he wanted me to pray for you intently. So I prayed, I prayed the rosary for you guys. I want you to know that. Called it out. I will guess I called on Saint Gemma Galgani and Saint Padre Pio and Saint Francis and the Blessed Mother and Saint Joseph and patron saints and guardian angels to be interceding as this cloud of witnesses during the rosary, and I had them be praying for you. So you've been blessed. You, you tuned in on the right day. Because here's the thing: uh, now was the time. Now was the day of salvation. That was the Sunday. That was the second reading at, at Mass on Sunday where we went to Mass, which I'll talk about. That was the Byzantine Divine Liturgy we went to for the first time. I'll tell you why and all of that in a little bit. Uh, but that reading points to the, the drama, the good at stake in the moment. Now is the time. Now is the day of salvation. My brothers and sisters, do not receive the grace of God in vain. Do not receive the grace of God in vain. In other words, God offers graces, and just because he offers a grace doesn't mean that the grace that's offered will be fully received. It, it might be received, but received in vain, to no purpose, not to the extent that God intends. And so that that's a pretty weighty, pretty heavy sadness that we can be present in the moment and potentially miss the moment, miss the grace that the Lord is offering. So in that moment where John Mark came in and said, do you want to pray the rosary? I was being offered a grace. Now is the time. Now is the day of salvation. Pray right now. And at first I, I missed the moment and then 
recovered the moment, but then didn't realize until I actually started praying what the Lord was doing in the moment. And as I was praying the rosary for you guys, the joyful mysteries, I was thinking of the visitation and how Elizabeth and Zechariah, they weren't expecting the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph to show up. There's that surprised, how is it that the mother of my Lord should come to me, right, that Elizabeth says. So she's like amazed, caught off guard with a sense of wonder, a wonder of what's happening in her and what's happening in her cousin, this teenage girl, the Blessed Mother, who is bearing the Messiah, the Son of God, her Lord, into her presence. And I just love that mystery as a way of understanding our lives, your life, my life, this radio program. What's my goal for this radio program? Visitation. That's my goal. My goal is that this program would be used by God as a point of visitation. That somehow, not through the the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph showing up and knocking on the door, but you turning on the program, on the radio, in the car, listening online, listening to the podcast. It's a moment of visitation. Now is the time. Now is the day of salvation. This is a moment of visitation that the Lord is visiting his people. No, 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 no. Not his people. He's visiting you. He's visiting you through this program. So be attentive. Be on the alert. Be on the alert. For the Lord is here. And I love that because at this divine liturgy, the Byzantine rite, of the, it's an Eastern rite Catholic church. So it's in union with the Pope. They prayed for Pope Francis several times during the, that's what they call the divine liturgy. What we call the Mass. Uh, and a number of times when certain, uh, the, especially during the Liturgy of the Word, they would hold up the scriptures and they would say, Wisdom, as they held up the scriptures, be attentive, be attentive. That was the, that was the exhortation of the one who was about to chant the reading or speak the reading. Wisdom, be attentive. This is wisdom. This is the wisdom that comes from God. This is the wisdom that will help you realize how God is present in your world. Be attentive. Have that expectant sense of alertness that the Lord is here and that he's coming. He's knocking on the door of your heart. He wants to enter. It's a moment of visitation. Be attentive. So so praying for you, during this, the, the rosary that I just finished a bit ago, um, wasn't my plan. It's like I exercised the very thing that I was telling you that we ought to remember about prayer, that it's not just one and done. And that's just such an easy thing for us to, to say, well, I, I tried praying and nothing happened. Well, I tried praying once for a few seconds, and then somehow God was supposed to step in and intervene with some supernatural intervention that brings an enormous grace. I, I think that that's sadly how we 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 treat God. Like we expect um, that 
it's sufficient for us to just say one prayer and then we're done. I I was reminded of that. I was talking to a couple of guys. Actually, it was on Sunday after Mass. We were fellowshipping and just talking about stuff. And I don't remember what the context was in which the theme came up, but it was somehow trusting in God's provision. And um, I mentioned the, uh, the Powerball prayer, or maybe it's the Mega Millions prayer, and how it's such a temptation to just think, Lord, Lord, let me just let me win. Just let me win this like once, all right? Because Lord, you know how awful it is for the great majority of the people who win these big prizes, these enormous amounts of money, you know, they end up resenting it. At least that's the that's the idea that has gotten out there and through books and uh, interviews and and things like that. It's like it ruined my life. It ruined my relationships with my family and 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 all of that. It, it's sort of like yeah, it got a lot of stuff, but boy, in the end, it wasn't worth what it cost. No, wait a minute. The gift, <laughs> this enormous gift, wasn't worth it. it. It brought more harm than good. And yet, that doesn't stop us from saying, Lord. I can be the I can be the exception to the rule. Lord, let me win because then I can show everyone how to do it right. <laughs> Fools. We want to rely on money, on something we can control and have in our bank account rather than trusting in God. We would rather trust in money than in God. Isn't it true? It's hard. Maybe it's a guy thing. It's hard for guys to feel out of control. It's hard for guys to feel like I don't see how this is all going to work out. And so I'm being asked to trust that my provident father, my heavenly father, who is a provident God, when I turn to him, not just once and not just for five seconds, but when I turn to him fervently, faithfully, persistently, and I come before him in the call and in the role that is mine, he is there ahead of me, waiting for me, waiting to bless me, and to say, I'm going to take care of you. Trust me. Just follow me and watch what I'll do. That's, that's not easy. So when I was praying the rosary, and a story came to mind from my time down in, uh, in actually a few stories came to mind in my time down in uh, Palm Springs. So um, when I first got there, I I got there kind of late, and, and I had spent a number of hours on the plane, and, and I was hungry. And unfortunately, there was no um, kitchen service available at that time. So they had next to the uh, check-in counter a um, what they called grab-and-go. So you could just like, you know, you can get chips and sandwiches and cookies and candies, stuff like that. So I came down and I grabbed a few th- items and went over to the like window area where you're supposed to like identify your items and pay your money. But there was a new trainee at the front desk and, and there were a number of people in line and, and she had checked me in and just had taken a little bit longer, just trying to kind of still figure stuff out. And I thought, I'm really tired. I traveled a long way today. I'm hungry. I'm just going to go and I'll pay them tomorrow. That's what I said to myself. (laughs) So I just, you know, I had a sandwich, some chips, and a drink, right? Go upstairs, 
get to my room. And then I start thinking about, you know, are they going to like track me down and, and say, you stole stuff? And I just thought, you know, let me just take care of it right now. So I called the front desk and the uh, other fellow who wasn't visible, like he was there, like watching over the woman, um, what the trainee, he answered the phone and, you know, they know what room it is. And uh, I said, hey, I just want to give you a heads up. And I told him the story that I went down there, grabbed some things and wanted to let them know that what those things were so that I would pay for them. And he was like, thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for not just taking them and walking away. I said, well, that's stealing. <laughs> I said, why would I do that? And so he said, well, so what were the things that you took? And I took, I told them all uh, the, the items. And he said, you know what? On the house, they're free. I'm like, what? He said, yeah, they're free. Thank you for, for telling us. I really appreciate it. It's our gift to you. I'm like, wow. Well, I also took 17 Snickers bars and a six pack of beer. If it's, <laughs> that's not true. I did not do that. Um, but it was, it was, it was a beautiful surprise. I did my part and then I was met with a gift that was unexpected. I was met with a grace. I was met with a blessing that I didn't deserve. I didn't earn. I didn't, like cleverly figure out a strategy to somehow think maybe if I take the stuff, call them up and then tell them that, that maybe they'll give me a discount or even give it for free. No, there was none of that, literally none of that. And so it was a beautiful, it was a surprise. It was a surprise gesture and I was happy and I was full afterwards. <laughs> that was the first story. Um, so just be on the lookout that when you do your part, when you do your duty, that God is ready, ready right there to meet you and give you as a gift what you think you have to pay for, what you think is going to cost you something. You know what? He might just surprise you and, and provide for you in a way that is completely unexpected and, and brings you delight. It brings you joy. So the second story was the next day I went down uh, to meet up with um, a, a married couple that was at the event. Uh, They're in leadership at this conference where I was speaking. Um, and I knew them from my time back in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, from the parish I first worked at. And he was there with his wife, the, this deacon. And I went to adoration uh, where they say, oh, let's meet at adoration. Great. And, and it just so happened that as I'm there kneeling in adoration, uh, Rich Peterson, who uh, directs Catholic cemeteries in the Archdiocese of Seattle, comes and sits in front of me. And it was it led to a kind of a neat story because he was blocking my view. <laughs> he was blocking my view of Jesus. I could no longer see Jesus. I could only see him, the back of his head. And what was interesting was all I had to do was just kind of like shuffle a little bit to my left, and all of a sudden, not only did I um, still see him, but I would only also see Jesus. And in seeing him, I saw Jesus. And when I saw Jesus, I saw him. And I thought, wow, what a difference just a little shift makes between only seeing him 
and only seeing Jesus with him. There's more to say on this in a minute. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Okay, back to Sound Insight. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. Boy, sometimes it's just a little shift in our lives that can make all the difference. A little shift can make a huge difference between not seeing the Lord and making it obvious that the Lord is here and not being able to see anything but the Lord, even in the midst of what you're seeing. And that was what that little shift did when I was in adoration and just shuffled over a little bit to the left. And then not only did I continue to see Rich Peterson and his head, but I got to see Jesus exposed in the Blessed Sacrament. And I thought, wow, that's what I want. That's what I want. I want... I want to live a life where people don't just see me. If they just see me, they're going to be stuck. Right now, I was speaking to these cemetery directors, and how many of them have people coming into their lives who are stuck, and when they come in, they need to see in the face of the one that is representing this Catholic cemetery, not just themselves, because that's a dead end. But they need to see Jesus. They're probably desperate to see Jesus and probably not even, it's not even clear to them who it is that they're looking to, to see. They can be so distraught, numb, overwhelmed, sad, angry, right? The whole gamut of, of situations that accompany death and they come walking in to face these folks and it just, it's, uh, it's like, if, if you knew that when you encounter me, when you come in through that door, my prayer, my purpose is to show you Jesus, not just me. But somehow if I'm showing up, Jesus is showing up too. That's powerful. That's beautiful. That's a worthy and noble goal to pursue. And you know what? It doesn't just apply to cemetery conference staff. It applies to all of us. It applies to you. Where are you going today? Where are you going? Who are you going to see today? Or who are you going to talk to on the phone today? Or who are you going to um, connect with um, online today? Are they going to see Jesus? Are they going to see Jesus? And they won't unless we're praying. Unless we pray, they won't see Jesus. Because it's through prayer that we are not only communicating with Jesus, but we are in union with Jesus. And that makes all the difference. So I just want to encourage you that growing in prayer is one of the most important things that we can do. Um, Which leads me to something really cool. 
So, beginning next Monday, October the... I think it's the 3rd? Yes, the 3rd. October the 3rd at St. Mary's Catholic Church. That's Father Jeff Lewis's parish. From 6.30 to 8.30, I'm going to be leading a series of uh, sessions on growing in a Catholic understanding of prayer. Growing in your prayer life. And each of these evenings, I'm going to be teaching about a Catholic understanding of a particular form of prayer. So, next Monday, 6.30 to 8.30, it's free. There you go. That's a pretty good deal. It's free. Um, come on out St. Mary's. It's in Spokane Valley. It's right off of Sullivan and 4th, right there. Not bad. If you come down the Sullivan exit, 291, and then uh, take a right on the 4th and just a few blocks down, and there it is. St. Mary's free of charge. Uh, I'm going to be talking on next Monday about a Catholic understanding of praise and worship. Um, those forms of prayer and what do the scriptures and our tradition teach about prayer, and then focusing in on that form of prayer. And then how do we grow in our own own form of praising and worshiping God? The second week, I'm going to focus on a how do you pray with Scripture? Right? A lot of folks uh, might have heard of uh, Lexio Divina. This is going to go beyond that. It's, it's not going to focus in entirely on that. It's going to focus on three different ways that we can read the scriptures and then doing a deeper dive into helping you to pray with scripture as part of your own daily prayer. And that's my goal. My goal is to help you to grow in your relationship with the Lord. If you grow in your relationship with the Lord, you'll encounter visitations with the Lord the Lord will come and, and knock on the door of your heart. You'll come to know that sense of saints that are part of your lives. You'll come to have that sense of determination to, to be praying regularly, persevering in prayer even when you don't want to. And uh, in order to do that, we've got to learn about prayer, how to pray. How do you actually pray? So praise and worship, first night, meditation, uh, and focusing on praying with scriptures, the second night. The third night, adoration. So the third Monday night, that would be the 17th. So the third, the 10th, the 17th. I'm going to be talking about adoration and silent prayer, contemplation. How do we go deeper into that gift of contemplative prayer and talk about adoration? And then on the 20th, focus on intercession. What does it mean to intercede for others? To stand in the gap is the beautiful scriptural image of the intercessor. And there's so much to say about intercessory prayer. And then talk about discernment after that on the 24th. Uh, wait a minute. Did I, is that, I'm already past the 24th? Uh, maybe I'm already past the 24th. May I, the 31st, we're going to skip. That's Halloween. God, God forbid we should actually pray and have a, have a talk on Halloween. Um, and then on the Seventh and the the seventh and I think the fourteenth we'll talk about um, intercession and praying with others. What does that look like? How do you pray with others? And all of this is really meant to be a help to you. Too few Catholics have a consistent prayer life. Too few Catholics are committed 
on a daily basis to pray. Because even if they set aside the time, even if we set aside time to pray, we don't know what to do. And we begin to wonder, is anything happening? I don't really see the fruit. I just, I'm getting distracted. Uh, It doesn't, it feels like a waste of time or maybe little glimpses and snippets of something worthwhile. But boy, I don't know. It's it's just, is, is, is this happening in the right way? Am I doing this the right way? So I'm going to draw upon the scriptures, teaching of saints, and the catechism of the Catholic Church. I'll make recommendations about books in, for each of these topics. But to really help you, to help you uh, grow in your prayer life. It, it's, it's the biggest area, number one area, where Catholics need help and they have questions how do I pray? The second, and maybe it's 1A, 1B, is how do I discern God's will? How do I hear from God and know what God wants me to do? How do I discern the answer to pressing questions that I'm bringing to God and I'm asking for His guidance? So that's discernment. Those are the two areas that I have found, and, and that's my area. So my area, I'm not... Like I can do apologetics, but that's not my focus. I do a lot of work on evangelization, but that's not my focus. My focus is helping adults. Uh, often, it's mostly adults. I don't. I speak sometimes to kids, but it's really adults I focus on, who self-identify as Catholic, and they and you. You want to go deeper. You want to go deeper. I want to go beyond the beginnings. I've heard the, the. I've heard a lot of stuff over a lot of years, but I want to go deeper. I, I need a teaching that will be break stuff open in a new way, in a fresh way, in a way that'll help me advance beyond what I expect, beyond what I imagined, beyond what I've heard before. If that's you, come on out, check it out, check it out. And that'll be on Monday nights. We're going to do six weeks, six week sessions, beginning at 6.30, going to 8.30. And the session is going to begin with a period of um, songs and prayer at the beginning, um, precisely to help shed the burdens of the day, the concerns of the day, and to let prayer wash over you. So we're not just talking about praying, we're actually praying. And so there will be some singing of songs of praise in the first uh, period of time, say 20 to 30 minutes, is going to be songs of prayer and praise. And I'm really going to encourage you to come and let it wash over you. Let it soak into you. Enter into it. Or even just, just sort of sit there and just peacefully take it in. And then I'll, I'll give a talk after that um, for a good chunk of time, somewhere, somewhere probably close to an hour, hopefully very engaging, interactive teaching on prayer. And then it'll be time for a small group and large group discussion where you can ask questions and also share your insights and answers to questions as well. So there'll be a time for fellowship as well at the end. And folks ready to pray with others. Pray with, not over. Pray with others for their needs, their prayer needs. And so I'm very excited that that's happening at St. Mary's beginning next Monday, October 3rd at 6.30. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kern. Exciting to be with you today. But there's more. 
not only will uh, that series happen, and this is one of the things I love about the fall, is that now we're back in school, more events are happening, and happening in a way that are meant to be a blessing for you to help you grow in your faith. So I mentioned that six-week series on prayer happening at St. Mary's in Spokane Valley beginning next Monday. You'll hear about it during the week. I will tell you some more. In addition, there are other events and other interviews happening on my program. So Dr. Ray Garendi is going to be on to talk about his new book, Taught by Ten. A psychologist father learns from his 10 children. Maybe I haven't learned from my children because I only have nine. <laughs> uh, taught by 10. How about not by nine? Um, mm, that was not funny. Okay. Taught by 10. A psychologist father learns from his 10 children, Dr. Ray Garendi. I'll be interviewing him. And he is coming out to uh, Coeur d'Alene to Camp Luther Haven. It's the Inland Northwest Catholic Men's Retreat that's happening on October the 14th through the 16th. Friday the 14th starts uh, with a kind of registration and check-in middle of the afternoon, and it's done by Sunday at 11.30 in the morning. Uh, that's in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. The speakers are Dr. Ray Garendi and um, Father Wade Menezes. So Father Wade, you have heard, I had him on a couple of times um, recently to talk about two of his books and also to promote his coming. So guys, make the trip. If you're listening in the West Side, come, come out to Coeur d'Alene. Inland, uh, the INW, INW, mensretreat.org. InlandNorthwestMensRetreat.org. So INW, Inland Northwest, INW, MensRetreat.org. And that'll give you information about how to register. It'll tell you all about the event, everything that's in, uh, that's in, um, that's uh, included in the course of the weekend. And so, uh, it'll be it'll be a great blessing to be able to be with Dr. Ray Garendi, who's giving most of the talks. Father Wade Minisis will be there for uh, giving a talk on confession on Friday, and then also celebrating Mass, being the homilist, as well as uh, providing opportunities for spiritual counsel or direction during his time there as well. So lots of great stuff happening there. I hope you can come. And again, so keep your eyes, your ears attuned for my interview with Dr. Ray Garendi. You have probably heard of Trent Horn. So Trent is, he's probably best known for uh, his work on Catholic Answers. And he is an apologist uh, for the faith. He writes books for Catholic Answers, and he has a book called Devil's Advocate. And so I will be interviewing him. That's coming up actually quite soon. So I'm excited to be able to interview him and uh, learn more about stuff that's happening with him. He also has a popular podcast, The Council of Trent. Did you get that? Council, C-O-U-N-S-E-L, The Council of Trent, Trent Horn, Devil's Advocate. So other interviews as well, but let me just stop there and say I'm just excited that there's so much really cool stuff like this happening. Last thing I'll mention 
Um, the week after the men's retreat, I'll be doing a Saturday session. Actually, it's Friday night and Saturday at St. Mary's again in Spokane Valley. The Saturday talk is on parenting the digital generation. So it's a morning session. It starts at 8.30 with mass and it's done by one o'clock. I'll be giving three talks. Carrie will also be there and talking about, um, smartphones, the internet, and um, how do you manage that with your kids? What do you do? Uh, I'm excited to give this talk. I think it's a really critical one. And it's uh, these series of talks because too many parents just don't realize what's at stake in that, uh, in that arena. So um, again, I'm going to encourage you to come on out. It's at St. Mary's It is for the grand old price of free of charge. Uh, They will take up a donation. On Friday night, I'll be giving a talk on the family as a gift from God. Um, You'd certainly be welcome to come out to that. It'll be preceded by an hour of adoration. Um, And it'll be the first night Father Lewis is um, doing a, um, a series of like once a month. Every Friday night he does adoration, but once a month he'll be doing... I think he's going to call them mercy nights. I'm not actually sure what the, what the name is yet, but an hour of adoration and in the context of adoration, prayer, praise, prayerful, uh, singing, and then moving into silence and opportunities for confession and praying with people. Um, very, uh, it was just Father Lewis was over for dinner and he was talking about that with me uh, on Sunday night um, along with his director of evangelization. And so that was a really neat dinner uh, and just hearing their enthusiasm and excitement for this year of healing at St. Mary's. That's the theme. So once a month having these special events and I just happened to be the speaker and carry along with me on Saturday um, for uh, these critical issues to help foster healing and, and wholeness in family life. So um, that's also coming up. So that's on the 22nd Friday night and the 23rd on Saturday. Woof, lots going on. Again, I'm very excited. I'm excited that these things are happening and that this is part of the gift that Sacred Heart Radio is. Really, it's part of the gift that Sacred Heart Radio is, is that you can learn about these events that you probably wouldn't learn about otherwise, right? You're not probably, these. not all these things show up in bulletins, not all these things show up in different social media platforms, but Sacred Heart Radio is beautifully committed to and has been a a huge platform and a source of blessing for events, uh, for special happenings in the Northwest that otherwise folks wouldn't know about. You think about the lives that have been changed at those Inland Northwest men's retreats, guys that have come from the, the West Side, guys that have come from the Puget Sound area to that retreat, or conversely, special events happening in the Puget Sound area that get talked about on Sacred Heart Radio. And all of a sudden, they have people coming from Spokane, uh, from Coeur d'Alene. And they wouldn't have found out about it except for Sacred Heart Radio. So that's a beautiful gift and and not one to be taken for granted, Catholic Radio. So, okay, I promised to, to mention to you Mass on Sunday. So, there's a couple we know, and they are like, I, I guess here's the way I would say it. They're trying to find their way into the Catholic Church. That's a pretty cool way of saying it. 
Now you say to yourself, what's so hard about that? Just show up at a Catholic church. Well, it's not quite that simple, especially in this kind of situation. So you have a couple there, very thoughtful, prayerful, and um, have lots of um, education and have studied quite a bit of Catholic and Christian history, and uh, as well as worship. And they themselves are a very faith-filled couple and have a very faith-filled family. And when they had come into a sense of, you know, the Catholic Church is the church that Christ founded. And all of what we are reading about in these great saints and seeing in the great flow of Christian history, it's leading us to the conclusion that the Catholic Church is the church founded by Christ. Let's go into our local Catholic Church that's nearby, and let's see what the Church of Jesus Christ, the Church founded by Jesus Christ, that provides the fullness of truth and means of salvation. Let's see what that looks like up close and personal. And they went in and they're like, okay, this is kind of (laughs) weird. And so they were in California. And so they ended up at an old Anglican church. That's kind of the title for it. It's an Anglican, but it's an old Anglican. So it's very, uh, it's very high liturgy, high like um, called the high church. So there's very focused on the liturgy and um, very conservative and very reverent in its form. And they found that to be more true to their understanding of Catholic than their local Catholic church. Well, they moved here and they're now looking for, there's no old Anglican church around. So they're looking around and they haven't been able to find a home. So I thought, you know, maybe the Byzantine Rite could be uh, the right place for them. So Carrie and I went, took our kids to the St. Cyril and Methodius Byzantine Rite Catholic Church. It's an Eastern Rite. It's fully Catholic. Uh, to their what they call the Divine Liturgy at 10 o'clock last Sunday. Oh my goodness. It was so beautiful. It was so holy. It was so powerful. The whole thing was sung. If you haven't, if you haven't gone, go once. Just go once. But you have to go early because it's a small church and it's packed, full of kids and families. It was amazing. And I just thought, wow, I'm going to connect this family to this church and see if that's their home. So just a way to evangelize. It's something I, I feel called to do when I'm trying to help families get established here. So, all right, there you go. At the end of my program, I'll uh, continue this conversation with you tomorrow. God bless you.